Love your neighbor as yourself. What does that really mean? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, you're listening to 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take about 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of work you want to do, what kind of life you want to live, and then how to find or create work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Welcome to the 48 Days Radio Show. Now, this is one of those times where we're going to take a little detour from just answering listener questions. There's a theme that I've been thinking about and having the opportunity to talk about that is such a recurring, powerful theme. I'm going to visit it today again. Now, back in March, I talked about the power of investing in yourself. I was just kind of developing the concept. Well, I've had an opportunity to talk about that recently at the Tribe Conference, Jeff Goins Conference here in Franklin, Tennessee, and just recently at Jim Cockrum's CES Conference in Orlando. And the response has been so phenomenal that I just thought I want to go back and revisit it again right here. I want to go through the principles and share with you the things that are impacting people so profoundly and why this is a message we can hear again and again because it is so misunderstood out there. So I'm going to title this, Love Your Neighbor as Yourself. Incidentally, our business partner for today is FreshBooks. I want to tell you a little bit more about how you can access their services here in a minute. So we're going to talk about this issue. How do you love your neighbor well? The Bible talks about that, obviously. Love your neighbor as yourself. What does that really mean? I mean, most people think, well, if I love my neighbor well, it means I give everything to my neighbor and I have nothing. You know, that we serve best with an empty cup. I'm going to challenge that thinking because I don't think that's true. I think we have a hard time loving our neighbor well if we don't have any resources. So we're going to talk today about how to build up your own resources. Now, well, here's some of the questions. You know, how can I best help my neighbor? Or how about this? I only make $15 an hour. How can I give to others or spend on myself? We're going to look at where you start. When you start spending on yourself so that you can then have more to give to others. Is it selfish to spend money on myself? Is there a formula for investing in myself? Well, yes, yes, yes to all of those. Again, if you remember a podcast I did back in March, you may hear some things that are familiar, but I've added a whole lot of examples and from my own life to this, just things that I've kind of connected the dots on that I hadn't really seen a whole lot earlier. So I'm going to come back, revisit some of that, have some fun just sharing some things that I hope will inspire you as well. Well, here's our poem from Cliff Feitner. You know that I share one of these every week. Cliff is very faithful about add new ones. We started with a, an archive library of 48 that he did to go along with the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, but he keeps adding new ones in. I just keep choosing a nice one for the week. So here's the one for today. Wonder what objectives you seek 
as we start another work week. Just looking for cash to put in your stash or more skills in being unique. Well, thanks, Cliff, for those ongoing poems. And we're going to talk about how to increase your cash stash, but in a way that then benefits others as well. Quotation today comes from Hubert Humphrey. Remember Hubert Humphrey, former vice president? He says, the impersonal hand of government can never replace the helping hand of a neighbor. I love that thought. Boy, isn't that the truth? You know, sometimes when you have somebody in need down the road, they can't pay the rent or the washing machine just went out. Kelly, don't send them to the welfare department. Don't send them to you know, some organization. Just take care of that need. Joanna and I years ago uh, gave up on trying to track things as being tax deductible. We don't care if there's a need. We'd rather give directly to the need than to sidestep it and go through some impersonal third-party organization, even if it makes it tax deductible. At the end of the day, it just doesn't make that much different, and we enjoy the process of giving directly to the need. Got a couple resources. I'll tell you why these are important again at the end, but we've got some resources that are going to tie into some of the things I'm going to talk about here in the next few minutes. If you go to 48days.com slash CES, you'll find some of the resources I'm going to reference here. And then, of course, you're going to also hear me talk about the 48 Days Eagles community, some of the cool things that are going on there. If you aren't yet a part, just go to 48dayseagles.com. Check out, we've got some videos there where you can kind of see inside the community and what's happening. Got new people coming in every day. We'd love to have you join us if you're not already. Well, Fresh Books makes accounting easy. Can you imagine such a thing? I mean, accounting for a lot of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs like me is one of those things that seems like a pain in the neck, a necessary evil. Well, it doesn't really have to be. I mean, FreshBooks makes things like invoicing, tracking expenses, getting paid online, just makes those things easy. They've fundamentally changed how more than 10 million people deal with their paperwork. So there's a whole lot of people ahead of you in this who have figured out this is the way to do it. Send clean, professional looking invoices, boom, 30 seconds. Did one just a few minutes ago. Um, well, actually to FreshBooks, because obviously they're a business partner with us here. We love having them involved. They um, signed up. They wanted to be part of what we're doing for the entire year. So you hear me talking about them repeatedly. And it's because I believe in what they offer. Don't get bogged down in how your books are being done. Make it easy for yourself to claim your month-long unrestricted free trial with no credit card or anything required. Go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days. You'll see a welcome there from me and then enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Again, just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. All right. Now, there are some things I wish you could see visually here but that's okay i'll just talk about them when i was 13 years old i got a hold of the little audio record now this is a record some of you are too young to even remember what records were but this is a vinyl record and it was a 33 and a third but it was a small one it was a little one like we used to see 45s were like that this was like that so this is a long time ago i was 13 years old got a hold of the strangest secret which was the audio recording just talking it wasn't a song an audio recording earl nightingale talking about the strangest secret and the strangest secret is we become what we think about now, that had a really profound impact on me as a 13-year-old kid and continues to today. That has been a principle that has 
been one of those building blocks for my life again and again and again, coming back to that. I checked recently with Nightingale Conant. That became their first product, incidentally. It was the first audio recording that sold a million copies. And I checked with them to see what was that selling for back when I was that 13-year-old kid. Well, you know what it was? It was $15. $15. Now, to give you some perspective on this, since I've been around a while, in today's dollars, that's $136.18. So it was a significant amount of money. When you think about forking over 136 bucks today, you know, for a little audio recording. Yeah, that's what I did. Now, I think I saw it in the back of a magazine. I was forever picking up magazines at the grocery store where, you know, in the back, it would promote these rags to riches kind of stories, Horatio Alger stories. And I loved that stuff. So I invested my 15 bucks. Now, this is when I was making most of my income from things like selling sweet corn. When my mom had all that she could freeze or can for the year. You know, I would pick the remaining sweet corn early in the morning when the dew was still on it, drive our little tractor with a little trailer behind it, two miles up to the paved road, put up my sign and sell sweet corn for 30 cents a dozen. Again, that's, you could kind of do the math on that. Took a lot of, a whole lot of dozens of sweet corn to equal 15 bucks. I would also make money by removing the tar from my neighbor's cars and then waxing, doing a hand wax job on those. But those are the kind of things I was doing. I certainly didn't get paid for working on a farm. That was just expected as being part of the family. But I looked for ways to make money, so I invested my $15. This was back when, golly, at the same time, a movie ticket was a dollar. The average cost of a new car was $2,200. Gas was 25 cents a gallon. And average yearly wages was $5,010. So, $15, a lot of things, a lot of money, but that became that principle that has served me well. We become what we think about. And I'll tell you some times during my life where that came back into play really strongly. So here's the principle taken from Brian Tracy that I'm going to kind of unpack. This is a rule that will guarantee your success and probably make you rich. Invest 3% of your income back into yourself. Now people may think, and you may be thinking, well, gee, that's fine. You know, if I were making a hundred thousand dollars, that'd be easy to do invest 3% back into myself. Well, but this is like the chicken and the egg. You don't wait until you're successful to start doing the things that successful people do. You start today and it doesn't matter where you are. Now, let me give you an example. And incidentally, I, I recommend that you invest 3% back into yourself, your own personal development. And you'll see how this ties in. I'll get to the part where it ties in with loving your neighbor well. But I, I encourage you to invest 3% of your income back into yourself immediately. Doesn't matter if you're making minimum wage. And then when you make $50,000 a year that you bump it up to 5% and then stay there even if you're making millions, 5%. So, Let's just take a quick example. If you are making, or you know somebody making $12 an hour, is there any way that they could invest in themselves to start this process of personal development so that they become more, have more, do more, be more, go more, so that they can help and serve more? I mean, that's what it leads to. This is not just about accumulating things for ourselves. It's about becoming somebody who can serve and make more of an impact in the world. So $12 an hour, that's about $25,000 a year, 3%, $58 a month, 
Can you do something with $58 a month to make yourself better? Yeah, you better believe it. I mean, my goodness, buy a book, get an audio recording, jump onto Audible, you get a course online. I mean, the kind of things that you can start doing, you can start listing those immediately. Now, here, here's one of the things that I would recommend that you start your own success library. Now, I know uh, we, we talk about digital books and all that. I still like to have physical books. I scan and review a lot of books online digitally, but if, as soon as I realize that I really want to read it, I order the book. There's something different in the mindset about holding a book in your hand. And when I give you some titles here, books that I recommend, yeah, you can go to the library and get them. You can probably find them online free. Don't do that. I recommend you look for opportunities to invest that 3%. So if you got $58, look for opportunities to invest that. Don't try to short circuit the product process thinking, well, I can figure this out and not have to spend any money. No, I think it changes the mindset. I think it helps to have skin in the game. So here's five books that I recommend that anybody read before they're 30 years old. I mean, I'm going to make sure that my teenage grandchildren you know, read these before they're 30 years old. As a matter of fact, most of them I want to read before they're 13 years old, before they kind of enter into adulthood. So here's five. How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, Absolute Necessity. That book will do more to put money in your bank account than, well, I was going to say a college degree. I better be careful here. But applying the principles, yeah. That's more than just head knowledge. It has to do with behavior, how you interact with and treat other people. Those things will open doors of opportunity for you that no degree ever will. So there's that one. See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar. That was one we used in homeschooling our children. They can recite things out of there. They know about uh, the story of the pump, getting cooked in the squat, stinking thinking, Check up from the neck up, all those old aphorisms that come from Zig Ziglar, out of see you at the top, absolute necessity. Number three, think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill. You're going to hear me reference that again. Absolute classic. The things in there have changed the lives of a whole lot of people. When I speak at audiences, like I spoke to an audience uh, just a couple of days ago at CES conference in Orlando and about 650 people in the room. And I said, how many of you have heard six, think and grow rich? How many of you have heard think and grow rich? I mean, 95% of the people in the room had. These are people who are making extraordinary amounts of income online, living extraordinary lives where they're location independent, doing things together as a family. Yeah, you better believe it. 95% of them read Think and Grow Rich. It's just one of those basic foundational books. The Magic of Thinking Big is number four. David Schwartz, love that little book. He talks about be a front seater, walk 25% faster. You know, the, the recognize the power of a smile, remembering somebody's name, the magic of thinking big. That's a great book. And then acres of diamonds by Russell Conwell, just recognizing sometimes opportunities right under our nose. And we don't rec we don't recognize it. Well, those are books that I certainly, certainly recommend. Now there's a, there's a quotation from John Maxwell that I, I reference in that podcast I did back in March, I'm going to reference it again here. Here's a quotation from John who says, if you say you don't have the resources to invest in yourself, you have a scarcity problem. You don't have an income problem. You have a thinking problem. I don't believe enough in myself to invest in me. Wow. That's what that says. You know, Braun Lyde is one of our 48 Days Certified Coaches. 
He's been through our coaching mastery program. And he is also an executive director with the John Maxwell organization. About three years ago, as he was just developing, coming into his own, he had an opportunity to talk to John at one of their conferences. And he thought, well, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to run something by John and just see if I can get his help. So he said, John, when I commit to doing something for other people, I'll carry through and I'll do it well. But when I commit to doing something for myself, I don't follow through like I do for others. Can you help me with that? Well, Braun says, John paused, looked at him as if he was staring right through him. And then he said, pretty soon you'll be of no value to anyone. You'll never be able to add value to them because you don't value yourself. Ouch. I mean, wow. Instead of hearing the encouraging words of a kind, gracious mentor, Braun felt the sting of a hard truth, but he recognized what that message was saying not finishing things that he started himself reflected his low self-esteem. He needed to work on that. You need to work on making yourself great. So you are better able to help other people. So if I don't address my physical health, my financial well-being, my relationships, my spiritual vitality, and I offer my coaching for free, that may say more about my low self-worth than about my big heart for service if you have a book you've been working on for four years and haven't finished it, it probably says more about yourself a sense worth than it does your literary skills. If you're an artist, you just give your work away probably says more about your insecurity than your generosity. Now I know I probably stepped on some toes there, but I want you to think about that because I see this being played out again and again and again. People think they're being modest. They're being humble. No, a lot of times they're struggling with low self-worth. If you do something that has value, then hold your head high and let people know it has value. And I see my little granddaughter, Claire at 10, who's co-written a book with her, Yaya, my wife. They wrote that book. Claire loves telling people about that book. What if it were possible she holds her head high. She shares that book with everybody she sees. They pay her $10. She gives me $2, the cost of the book. She has $8 profit. I mean, she's rocking through the first 500 copies of the book. That's $4,000 net profit for a 10-year-old. She doesn't have any trouble telling people how great the book is, how beautiful her illustrations are. We only do that as adults. As adults, we start to apologize. We start to think we don't really have something of value. No. And in doing this, we serve best from a full cup. Now, there's a Jewish tradition at the end of the Sabbath. So when the Sabbath, you can see this played out in Fiddler on the Roof. I mean, even if circumstances are hard and they're traveling, they have a special meal at the end of the Sabbath where they get together as a family, they stand, they sing together, there are blessings said over the children, but there's one part of that service that really blows me away. They have a goblet on top of a saucer. They pour wine into that goblet. The goblet fills up. They continue pouring. It overflows into the saucer. Symbolically, what they're saying is we're going to go out into the workplace in the beginning of the week. And we're going to do what we do with such excellence that it fills our cup and we have an abundance from which we can give and share to other people and worthy causes. 
you can't do that with an empty cup. You can't give and share. Some of you have a really small cup. And so your resources are gone really quickly. Just paying the mortgage and the light bill. Wow, they're gone. Well, you want to get to the place. You shouldn't apologize about wanting to get to the place where your cup is filled. What if you feel could fill your cup by working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, everything you did was just an abundance, an overflow from which you could choose to give that to other people. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, let me move up a little bit. If you're up making an hourly income of $20, that means you've got $100 a month that you can spend. $100. You could maybe go to a local conference. Again, jump onto Audible, get a couple books there by audio, buy a couple more books. I mean, expect a return. This is not a frivolous expenditure. This is not consumerism. This is not like buying a big screen TV. This is investing in yourself where you expect a return. And I tell people, anybody who engages with us at 48 days, I expect them, no matter what it is, to get a 10 times return in the first 12 months. If you spend $20 on a book, I expect you to get a $200 unexpected bump in your income at some point. If you come to one of our conferences and spend $1,000, I expect you to get a $10,000 increase in your income. And we get stories about that day after day after day. People not only get a 10 times, but 50 and 100 times. I love to hear those stories. So at this point, if you just had $100 a month, you're making $20 an hour, $100 a month. Get some magazines, basic magazines like Success, Inc., Fast Company. I mean, anybody listening ought to be getting Success Magazine just as a standard thing. It's full of positive, encouraging, uplifting information about what's happening, how to think, how to change your mindset, how to open yourself up to new opportunities. I mean, by my goodness, I mean, certainly do that. So let me ask you this. What are three things you're doing now to invest in your personal growth? What are those? This is not something that you should consider. Well, if all the bills are paid and I got a little extra left over, you know, I'll splurge, you know, on the luxury of buying a book or going to a con. No, this ought to be a line item that comes before other things you may consider essential because this is investing in yourself so that you open the door to more success in every way that you can define it. Well, let's jump up a little bit. Let's say you got a yearly income of $50,000. Talked about that earlier. At that point, I encourage you to jump to 5%. So 5% of 50,000, that's $2,500 for a year. Wow. You can maybe go to a, a major conference that somebody's putting on. Like some of the ones that, you know, I just mentioned, you know, the CES conference. I think it was, I think they had an option that was about $600 to go to that. So with travel expenses and a hotel, yeah, you know, take your $2,500 and do that. You might get some online courses through Udemy, Linda, Creative Live, those kind of things. Now, when I was, this was back in 2002, I saw a conference being promoted I had started to take the material that I had developed in our Sunday school class and put it together because people were requesting it. So it was kind of the initial version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. wasn't very pretty. I had it just in a three-ring binder with a couple lick-and-stick cassette wells in there. had a couple cassettes in there. Material just kind of put in there. It wasn't formatted nicely, but it was just my notes from teaching that people were asking about. How can I really 
do this, you know, move through to a, a better career for myself, get a better job. So I was telling people how to do that. Well, I saw this conference being promoted, Megabook University, Mark Victor Hansen, Los Angeles, California, $695. I thought, wow, that's a lot of money, but I want to know how to sell books. Mark Victor Hansen, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. I think this guy knows how to sell some books. Let's go to that. I talked to Joanne. She was all in. She said, sure, let's go. We invited our dear friends, Dave and Sharon Ramsey. They went with us, the four of us. This is 2002. So we're talking 15 years ago. So we went, we sat there, we took notes. We came back in the next 24 months. Well, I'll give you the math on it. You can figure it out. I sold over 60,000 copies. Now that's not big numbers like New York times, anything, but 60,000 copies of that three ring binder at $39. Now you do the math on that. That's over $2 million. I came back because I just did what he told me to do at Megabook University, Mark Victor Hansen. That was in 2002 and 2005. I got the first publishing deal with a real publisher to do what I had been putting out in that three ring binder. That was the first hardback version of 48 days to the work you love. It's now been updated multiple times. The 10th anniversary edition is out published in 2015. Now we got new materials to go with that. In 2007, I got an opportunity to go back to Megabook University on stage with Mark Victor Hansen, where I was able to tell the story about what had happened. I went to the conference, came back, did what I did, sold those books because it was getting so much traction. Publishers came to me. I never went to a publisher. They came to me and said, we want to do this. And then in 2007 as well, my next book, I was ready to go with that because of the success of what was happening 48 days. So with no more dreaded Mondays, I got a $300,000 advance from Random House, biggest publisher in the world. I mean, how cool is that? Was that a good investment? The $695? Yeah, I'd say so. That's pretty cool to make that kind of investment, get that kind of return. Well, in 2007 also, I was looking at People were starting to do teleseminars. Now that's been surpassed these days by webinars. We got much better technology and all, but then it was teleseminars. And I thought, would people really pay money to just pick up the telephone and listen in? Well, I presented concepts that I would typically do in a live seminar. We were doing live seminars and those were well attended, but I thought I could expand my reach. But I thought, what would people pay? Now, they're not coming to a physical room. They're not going to sit there. You know, they're not going to get any physical materials. They're just going to listen in. So I thought, well, maybe I'll pay, maybe I'll charge $7, maybe $9 for that. We'll do like a 70-minute teleseminar. Well, instead of just doing it and trying it, I looked around and saw a guy, Alex Mendozian, who was selling a course called Teleseminar Secrets how to do a teleseminar and really profit from it. It was $1,800 for the course. No, no conference to attend. It was all just delivered electronically. He just talked through how to do a teleseminar. I purchased that $1,800. I paid for that. It's a lot of money. The first teleseminar I ever did, the topic was right to the bank. A lot of you are familiar with that. W-R-I-T-E. It's been a product of ours now for the last 10 years. Um, sells every single day of the year. But I did that initially as a teleseminar. So in setting up for that teleseminar, I thought, well, 
if I could just cover the cost of doing this, I had to pay like $500 in advance for the bridge lines, for the telephone, for anticipated participants. So I thought if I could just cover that cost, at least I'll learn something in the process. Well, leading up to that night where I was going to do the teleseminar, we saw registrations coming in from Norway and Sweden and South, uh, South um, America, you know, Australia, New Zealand. I thought, wow, that's amazing. People just account for the time zones and they were registering. We charged $69 for that based on feedback from our customers, which was a tip that I learned from investing in that course. So instead of seven or nine dollars, we charged sixty nine dollars. And that night I did the first, the very first teleseminar I ever did in my life. We not only covered the cost of the teleseminar, but I put a cool net eighteen thousand dollars in our bank account. Was that a good investment? Eighteen hundred dollars to get an immediate return? Eighteen thousand? Yeah, I think so. I have example after example of how that's gone. Now, what we did with that, it was $69 for the teleseminar, but because of the raving response we got right then, we turned it immediately into a physical product. Two CDs with the audio on there, transcription of what I talked about, some worksheets in there sharing what I had done with 48 Days to the work you love and how I got in the game with that. We share all that in that, but we turned it into a product at $197. So we charge more for the after product that we created than the live teleseminar was. It's available online for $117 electronically. And again, something that continues to sell day by day for us. Well, let's move up a little bit. Let's say that you make $100,000. So at that, that 5%, wow, that's $5,000 annually. How cool is that? I mean, you can meet with a nutritional coach. You might want to attend art classes. I mean, think about the things that we talk about that fall in the category of personal development, investing in yourself. So we're not talking about, it just has to be, you know, head knowledge or how to make, get more blog followers or how to, you know, build your platform, you know, or how to launch a course. Nah, it doesn't have to be things like that. It can be other things. So again, you can get a nutritional coach like I have. You can attend art classes. You can plan a weekend getaway with your spouse to review your annual goals. You might, at that point, find a mastermind. You know, I have the 48 Days Mastermind. I mean, people pay to be part of that. Uh, if you find something like that, and you now have $5,000 annually to spend, you might be a candidate, you know, for something like that. Now, m a lot of you listening, I know my audience, you know, I know you guys pretty well. You believe in the principle of tithing. You grew up with that. You believe in the principle of tithing and you really believe that if you give 10%, that somehow there's something supernatural that happens with the remaining 90% so that it expands and becomes more than what you would have had if you had kept the entire 100%. Now, most of you believe that. You really believe there's a principle at play there. And if you've experienced the benefits of that, you fear breaking the cycle. You don't want to break that flow of God's blessings to you by breaking the principle of the tithe. I believe in this principle every bit as much as I do in that. I believe in the same principle. This is a principle that has served me so well time and time again. I don't want to break the cycle. I don't want to screw this thing up. I look for opportunities to invest. Last year, 
Jeff Goins had his tribe conference. Now, Jeff and I have been friends for years. He's a wonderful writer. His newest book, Real Artists Don't Starve, is awesome. I purchased it by the case to give to our coaching mastery participants and others. But anyway, so he announced his conference. I looked at his promotional material day one, and I said, oh, that's cool. It's right here in my hometown. So I bought a ticket. Full price, bought a ticket. Now, I could have contacted Jeff and said, Jeff, buddy, hey, good friend, buddy, you know, I want to come to your conference. Can you slide me in? And he certainly would have done that. But I didn't do that. I didn't ask for free. It was just one of those things. I was looking for places to invest using this principle. That was one of them. I went to the conference. I sat in the back along with everybody else that was there. Now, this year he asked me to speak, but last year I went as a paid participant because I believe in this principle. I see people who are ultra successful. I mean, people like, you know, Darren Hardy and Brenda Bouchard, Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, Joe Polish. I mean, those guys continue to spend big bucks to go to conferences, to hang out with other people who are on the same path. And I've heard Darren talk about, you know, publisher of Success Magazine uh, previously. I've heard him talk about how it's become more difficult to find places and products to spend that 5%. I mean, because his income is pretty astronomical. But he realizes the value of doing that. Even if he doesn't need to increase his income, he needs to continue doing this. Some people assume this is a luxury. You know, gee, I'd love to belong to a gym or go to workout. I'd love to be on a better health nutrition plan. You know, I'd love to get a massage every week. I'd love to go to a conference. And I will, as soon as I become wealthy, as soon as I get on top, as soon as I can afford it, then I'll reward myself with all this personal improvement. But this is just like that proverbial chicken and the egg, which comes first. You can't wait for your success to grow without doing these things to fuel your success in the first place. So let's come back to that image of a full cup. And still, I'm going to give you a link to go to a little short video that I did. It's about four minutes long where I talk about that full cup. I'm going to give you a link to go see that because it's really powerful to to see that image of a full cup and how we serve best in doing that. So what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? I mean, you want to give generously, but you have no capacity to do that at this point. But I mean, you know, we hear a lot about love your neighbor, love your neighbor, do this for your neighbor. But there's a critical two words at the end of that, isn't there? As yourself. Oh, wow. How would you want to treat your neighbor if you really could? You'd want to help them out, give them the very best that would help them along in their own journey. Wow. You know, give them an opportunity to go to a fine restaurant to celebrate with their family. I mean, I don't know what it would look like for you. What would it mean to give to your neighbor, to love your neighbor really well? Well, then the question is, are you doing that for yourself? Are you doing that for yourself? See, here's the deal. If you give and give and you don't give to yourself, I'll guarantee you, you'll end up with a low level resentment maybe even bitterness or anger. I see people all the time doing godly things. They're serving everybody. They're always available. They end up burned out and resentful because they're never filling their own cup. 
it's not selfish. You know, when, when you're giving, if you're giving, you're coaching, you're mentoring, you're nurturing others, you're loving them. It takes something out of us. You can't just do that continuously. I mean, even Jesus, you know, when the woman touched his robe, he immediately knew someone had taken energy and life away from him. What did he do? He would withdraw to restore himself. What do people do today when a lot of people are pulling at you? They want more and more. Gee, we add another program. We add another course. The church, you know, adds another building. I mean, how many times have we set up a young, charismatic, talented pastor and seen him burn out and implode and self-destruct, sabotage his own family, marriage, and sometimes life by just requiring them to give more and more and more without ever being allowed to fill their own cup without ever giving them a chance to recharge. This is not a selfish thing. This is about how to become the very best that God has allowed you, put the seeds of you in, in you to be, to become so that you can serve well. And this is something obviously that you hear me recommending you do. If you're making 12 bucks an hour, if you're making 10 bucks an hour, or if you're making a million dollars a year, it doesn't matter where you are. A lot of you have heard me talk about a few years ago, I went through a really tough time where I woke up one morning and realized I owed $430,000 to creditors. Had made some poor business decisions. Stood up the next morning, looked at the guy in the mirror and said, hey, dude, you got us into this. How are you going to get us out of this? I chose not to file bankruptcy. I chose to repay creditors that were owed. And a lot of that was to the IRS where you don't have any choice anyway. Another poor plan. But anyway, that was the situation. But the IRS forced the sale of our house, cars, everything. We had nothing but the shoes on our feet. I had a friend who loaned me a car. Just a good friend. He just loaned me a car to drive. It was a 1978 Mercury Zephyr station wagon. Now this thing was a <laughs> piece of junk. The windows didn't work. I put stick them in the windows to hold them up because they were power windows and they would just drop down. The radio didn't work. The air conditioning didn't work. It would guzzle oil, about a quart of oil every hundred miles. But that's okay. I had wheels. I started doing door to door, just open a hundred percent commission sales to start to get back on our feet. I didn't want a job. I didn't want, I knew that would lock me into an income. I'd never dig a hole out of the debt that I was in. I needed something open-ended, no guarantees, but I just started doing commission sales. Well, I was in that old car. I was deeply in debt. We were getting calls from creditors. You can imagine the negativity in my mind. Well, our minds are like gardens. If you let negative root seeds grow, they multiply. The same thing is true of positives. So with all the things that that car did not have, you know what I had in there with me? A battery-operated cassette player. And I started listening to those cassettes. More products from Nightingale Conant. I had the original Strangest Secret. A lot of products in the interim there. I just added to it. So I was listening to people like Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Norman Vincent Peale, Earl Nightingale, Dennis Waitley, and a whole lot more. And I would force feed my brain every minute I was in that car, listening to that. 
Now, you know, as time went on, you know, I got people like Tom Hopkins, Stephen Covey, Jay Abraham, Jim Rohn, listen to those again and again and again. I developed a habit of spending at least two hours a day, whether I was in the car or not, listening to those guys, positive, pure, clean, motivational input to change my mindset, to make me believe that things could get better, even though I was in an amazingly deep hole. You know what? Even today, I would rather have a sound system in my car than a working air conditioner. Easy choice any day of the week. I can roll the windows down. I don't care about air conditioning, but I better have a sound system. And even today, the car that I drive, I have Bluetooth set up so that when I jump in my car, it immediately picks up from the phone in my pocket, the podcast that I was listening to that morning. So it immediately picks up. That's what I listen to when I'm in my car. That's very, very important to me. Now, today I don't drive that old beat up Mercury Zephyr. I'm very grateful to my friend Danny Barron all those years ago for letting me use it for a few months till I got on my feet a little bit and was able to buy a car with cash and get back on the road to dig myself out of that. Boy, doing what I'm talking about will allow you to drive any kind of car you want. Literally, you drive any kind of car you want without a car payment. And that's my recommendation. Well, you hear me talk about the sanctuary. It's this converted barn on our property. It's where I sit and think and dream and write. Here, here's the deal. Investing in yourself doesn't just put more money in the bank. It makes you a different person. It makes you a better husband, a better wife, better dad, a better mom better son, daughter, neighbor, church member, community participant. It does all those things. It makes you better in those areas. Now, here's one thing that I have to be really, really clear about. It requires more than just accumulating knowledge. You can't just accumulate knowledge. That's not the point. You have to go on from that. Accumulating knowledge is the first of three-part series. Knowledge, understanding, and application. So be careful about, you know, just going to seven conferences and saying, well, I did what you said. Well, but you have to move into application. Take action on those things. That's why I want to be so clear. And what is it that you're going to do? Now, one of the books that helped me dramatically in those early years and continues to do so is Think and Grow Rich. I had joked with Joanne that sometime we'd be walking through a little used bookstore and I'd find an original copy. One of the 5,000 that was published back in 1937. I don't know that I ever verbalized it to her, to anybody but her, but somehow word must have gotten out. Two years ago, my mastermind purchased one of those original copies for me. It sits right above where I sit here at my computer in my office if I were a smart guy, I'd probably have it in a bank vault because it's so valuable, but that's not how I treat books that I love that inspire me. I want to be able to see them, touch them, feel them. So it's right here with me. Just a wonderful, wonderful, again, foundational principles that have helped me move forward. Well, you think these messages early on when I was a 13 year old kid have impacted me? Yeah, absolutely. You think they move on, impact others? Yeah. When my son, my oldest son, Kevin, was a little kid, six or seven, we would have attitude adjustments where instead of punishment or sitting in the corner, he would have to listen to Zig Ziglar, see you at the top, born to win. 
messages like that where he'd have to listen for five minutes and we'd talk about it. Well, those, you know, he'd say, oh, dad, do I have to do this again? And we'd listen to that in the cars. We're traveling as well. Well, he grows up, obviously grows up, got married, has his own kids. And all of a sudden he starts hearing those familiar phrases, stinking thinking, check up from the neck up. Well, in the process, the long story, I'll tell that some other time. He became friends with Ziggler's son, Tom, who's about the same age. Together, they're doing some fun things. Kevin, that little kid that I forced to listen to Zig Ziggler audio recordings when he was a little kid, now hosts the Zig Ziggler podcast. He's the voice of that company. I mean, how cool is that? Well, let's jump up a couple here and I'll wrap up. Yearly income of $150,000. Well, with that, you've got $7,500 that you can spend. You can go on a theme cruise, plan a European trip. I go to classes at Oxford University, apply to my mastermind. I mean, a whole lot of cool things that you can do. Well, hey, remember I told you about that little Nightingale Conant audio recording, The Strangest Secret, when I was 13 years old. Four years ago, the executives from Nightingale Conant contacted me. Now, I had never talked to them. I was just a customer of their content of what I considered the masters of achievement, masters of excellence. They contacted me asked me if I would be willing to come to Chicago and produce a six hour program we'd call dream job. Are you kidding me? Of course I would. I did. I went, created a program dream job. What an honor to be included in that group of people that I consider masters of achievement, poor little farm kid, 13 years old, Strangest Secret, and now produce a product with that same company? Wow, that can kind of bookend my life. I don't want it to bookend my life. I want there to be more to come, and there's more coming, but what a cool story. Well, two years later, they said, we want to do a 50th anniversary audio where we take 25 of our best-selling authors and have them do just short little segments. We'll put it all together, 50th anniversary we did that. Wow. I mean, I'm probably prouder of creating that product than anything that I've done in terms of product that I've created. So here we go. These short little stories from people like Tony Alessandra, Vic Conant, Roger Dawson, Marshall Goldsmith, Tony Jerry, Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, Dan Miller. Man, to be put in that kind of category. I mean, what a cool thing. Where did it start? with that $15 investment in the strangest secret when I was a kid. One more thing here, and I'm going to wrap up. Last year, Nightingale Conant sent me a listing of their top 30 customer-rated programs. Now, they have a lot of people whose names you've heard me mention here. These were ratings by their customers. Number three on this list is Dream Job by Dan Miller. Top 30 programs out of the hundreds and well thousands of programs that they've done. Top their number three in the entire list, Dan Miller. Number four, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Are you kidding me? The very product, it was their first product, their landmark product. The one that inspired me is ranked just one below my product. And number six is Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Oh my gosh, what an amazing journey this little farm kid has had. Well, at a million dollars, you've got $50,000, $50,000 that you could invest in yourself. What a hoot that would be. 
to invest $50,000 in yourself. Well, as I said, this is not just to accumulate knowledge. This is to start the process of moving from knowledge to understanding and then application. Now, if I had a million dollars, I love this. I wanted to go out with this song. The old Bare Naked Ladies song, If I Had a Million Dollars, The Things You Would Do. Well, with that, you'd have $50,000 to invest in yourself. Now, you may be charitable, but you've already got $100,000 that you can give away to people. Don't cheat yourself. Continue investing in yourself. Hey, go to the link 48days.com slash CES. In that, I'm going to give you access to that little video serving from the full cup and a couple other things that will really help move you forward. Hey, and I thank you more than anything for being part of this amazing journey that I've been on, for being someone who, in fact, is finding or creating work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable. Have a great week. I know you will.